Downloads of this show are available on Podomatic.com and the Podomatic mobile app. How's it going, everybody? This is the Famous Dead People podcast, the only podcast that resurrects famous people from the grave and asks them all the hard questions. We originally air as a radio show on Radio for Brooklyn, so if you like the show, you can listen to episodes the day they come out every Monday at 3 p.m., only on Radio Free Brooklyn. You're back to the episode where I interview notorious B-movie film director Ed Wood and mystical seer and author Nostradamus. It was a fascinating talk. Uh, you can always hit us up at famousdeadpeople at radiofreebrooklyn.org if you have any questions or you want to have your favorite dead person on the show. Go out and buy my book, The Kellyanne Conway Technique. See my improv team, Junior Varsity, every Thursday at 7 p.m. at the Magnet Theater. Rate and review the podcast. Check out jarrettbarenstein.com for all the latest and the greatest of my uh, comings and goings. But for now, sit back, relax, and enjoy Nostradamus and director Ed Wood only on Famous Dead People. It's time. Time to start the show. Famous dead people. People you know. Famous dead people. Stories stuck in the head. My guests today on Famous Dead People are notorious low-budget American filmmaker and author Ed Wood. Hello. And 16th century French apothecary and prophetic seer Nostradamus. Hello, everyone. Uh, Mr. Nostradamus, Mr. Yes. Wood, thank you so much for joining mm, us here on good, Famous Dead People. Good evening. <laughs> so nice to be here today. Uh, so, Mr. Nostradamus, I'd like to start with you, if Ooh, I might. I, I thought you might. <laughs> <laughs> so, you are most well-known for mm. a collection of prophecies that you made mm. in 1555, yes. uh, which you wrote in a combination of four different languages and in poetic verse. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I read this and the poetry, the different languages, it seems like you were trying to make it so that your prophecies would be really hard to decipher. Is mm. that a fair assumption mm. for me to make? Well, you know, it is like um, uh, if you go to the, the police, you know, with a crime uh, and uh, they want to know specific things, right? So only it's something the killer might know. So I wanted when... when People, when something happened, I want to write real crazy things, you know, like things that you would say, what, Nostradamus, what are you, talk, what are you talking about, Nostradamus? And then, and then when the thing happened, you see him like, oh, my God, that is, that is what Nostradamus was saying. Wait, I'm sorry. I'm still not 100% clear why you needed to be vague mm-hmm. about your prophecies. I don't think it's, I don't think it's vague. You don't think it's vague? No, I don't think, I think when you look at, when you look, when you look and read, these are things, okay, because he's, if you, maybe you write. He's not only a pro- prognosticator, he's an artiste, mm. is what he's saying. I yeah, and, and, and if you, you could write, if you write one vague thing, then it's vague. But if you write four or five vague things together, it's a combination of things coming together. Okay, so it's like one clue. It's like a lock, you know? Like you have a lock, and then you just, if you just have one tumble on the lock, then almost anyone can open the lock. Anybody can get in there, yeah. You need four or five simple tumblers, then it's so hard. Okay. All right, that's fair. I mean, a lot of your, a lot of your prophecies, they had to do with major disasters. Mm. Um, did you ever prophesize anything that was like smaller or more trivial than that? Like, sure. you know, you, pre- Oh yeah. I have a whole, like a, a whole book that, uh, only a few people, it didn't get published okay. with the other books. Um, but, uh, it, I come up to the, uh, beyond the present day, you know, so there's stuff that like, I saw, um, the, uh, Millie Vanilli. a lot of people. Ooh, so you, you saw Millie Vanilli happening. Yes. I, I did not, I wrote, uh, uh, about the Millie Vanilli, uh, two two guys. Not sure if uh, they're brothers. One <laughs> light skinned, one a little bit darker. Both of extensions. Cousins, perhaps. Is this a direct mm. quote from from the prophecy? This is a prophecy. This okay. is uh, this is a, a un, un, un unpublished. unreleased, unpublished. Uh, Has not prophecy. been dropped. A new Nostradamus. A lot of prophecy. people don't know that I knew from the vault, and I was shocked because. Um, I, at first, I heard the music in my dreams, and 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 then and then I had and then the words started come. But I was my my toe. So you taps. were you were also tricked. 
Yes. Oh, yes. Wow. So you, yes. You predicted Milli Vanilli, but you didn't predict that they were lip syncing. Well, interesting. First, I saw, I heard the music, and then the prof, the rest of the prophecy, you know, like a dream, like you know, you get figments and fragments, and then they start to come together. It's like, oh no! And then I was in the swimming pool. <laughs> Same thing with the, you know, I hear it's like pop, 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 pop. And I was like, what? Oh, this is good. And then it's like, it, and then the words, it's not them. And it was the like, word, no. It's not them. But it's still catchy music, so I'm real confused. <laughs> Can I still like it? Do, should I still buy it? I, st- I, don't, I don't own it. It sounds like torture to have a catchy song in your head that you can't talk to anyone about. Or that you're not, it's, it's almost like you're not allowed to like it because people are like, well, you know that's not them singing. You can be like, well, that somebody sang that, and oh, whoever I, sang it, I it was think good. I think you know? it's fine to like them. Mm-hmm. I think it's fine. Well, this actually this this is a good transition into my question about uh, you, Mr. Wood. How so? And uh, <laughs> that there are a lot of different levels in which people can enjoy something that you created. Yes, you know, like I don't know exactly when camp became uh, a thing. I'm oh, sure Nostradamus knows. You Chaucer. Know. May have invented it. I'm may not sure. May have invented camp, really? Maybe, yes. Okay. Uh, well, regardless, uh, at some point, things became enjoyable ironically. And things became so bad that you were allowed to enjoy them for being bad. And that is your appeal as a film a filmmaker. That is why there was renewed interest in your work. Um, and so I'd like to ask, does it, that... It was nice to get rediscovered, it's true. Just, uh, just anyway. Of doesn't, course. You know, it doesn't, doesn't bother you that, you know, it's for, you know, directing maybe the worst movie of all time or, you know, getting the, the Turkey Award for worst director of all time, that sort of thing. It's an honor to even be nominated for the Turkey Award. Mm-hmm. I don't think that my movies are horrible. I do think they are very unique. Mm. Okay. Mm. I think the thing that I appreciate about your movies is that sometimes, it, it, like myself, it, they're not understood at the time. Oh, yes. You know, hmm. but then later, later on, you know, as uh, people, uh, uh, they, 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 they grow to meet the, the, the art. I would actually argue that they were understood at the time. They were just understood to be very poorly made mm. movies that kind of didn't make sense. And you could see the the strings on the monsters. But you I know. think my question is to, 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 to people trying to figure out is something good, something bad, is um, how do you know? How do you know? How do you know yes. something is something is good? You know. Well, yeah. Well, this goes back to our whole conversation about Millie Vanilli that we were having earlier. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. like uh, mm-hmm. I think that if you have to stop and think, like, am I allowed to like that? That that's the wrong impulse. Mm-hmm. It's pretentious to think. You know, I'm enjoying this. I think it's great. Is that wrong? But that question is only in your mind because civilization has put it there. Well, no. Yeah, yeah. If I like something, will I be? shunned for liking it yes and if you like something now and that is you the like greatest it? flaw in the human condition that... i'm sorry for interrupting <laughs> nostradamus i'm sorry so you were saying that the greatest flaw in in the human condition is that we judge each other based on the things that we like well we are always thwarted mm-hmm. from going after our true wants mm-hmm. by what society deems inappropriate and appropriate mm-hmm. now of course that has a lot of positive impacts. We don't go around murdering people. Mm -hmm. We don't go around coveting things that aren't ours. But we also don't like to go bowling because we think our friends are going to make fun of us (laughs) for going bowling. That's a specific uh, example. Is this something that happened to you in your life, Mr. Wood? It's only an example. It's only specific because it is an example, and it needed to be specific. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. I don't paint my house purple because the community board will have a fuss <laughs> about the purple house. And did the... you want to? Was that a was that a desire in your lifetime that went unfulfilled? I did things that I wanted to do. I'm just speaking for the general listening audience. It's rhetorical, yes. rhetorical examples. But some sometimes it's okay to go bowling. You know what of I mean? Of course. Sometimes like, it's like all right. For, for like a 
birthday party but there are people, for a baby. Of course. For a little baby. Yes. There are no, people, I'm I don't, seeing the, I don't I'm think saying, we're arguing that. No, I'm saying <laughs> no, that but what I'm saying, he, he's saying that no, you know, people don't go bowling because it's not cool. But I'm yes. saying for like a baby's birthday party, or if you went to, if if you went to like a uh, like a bowling alley for like a wedding, mm-hmm. that would be cool. Yeah, well, at any time, at any time. But you know, like in in the uh, in in the 1950s, right? You had a lot of people going bowl, like the honeymooners. Honeymooners and the Flintstones, they were always going bowling. Always. And because Fred it was cool. Always wanted sure. to go bowling. Yes. And what was Fred's wife's name? Wilma. Wilma. Fred and Wilma and Barney and Betty. Betty. Oh, Betty. That's right. The Rebels. Say Lucy. The Rebels. <laughs> Yeah, and Wilma was always like, "Don't go bowling, again, Fred." Again, I think always going bowling. No, Thomas, I think we agree on this. I think we're just coming at it from different viewpoints. Well, yeah. that's what the that's that's I, I, what life is. It's coming <laughs> at something from a different viewpoint and then saying, "You know what? I don't agree with you." But I respect what you're saying. But you're saying the same thing I am. I believe. Yeah, you're we're just all, saying we're all agreeing with saying, each other. We're all agreeing with each other. You're saying you're saying that. Oh, only it's we have to. Think of a reason that it's cool to do something. Maybe. We have to justify it for ourselves. Like, I, oh, it's, it's cool that I'm going bowling now because it's a baby's birthday party. <laughs> That's right. That's what I'm saying. But we don't need that justification. I think, I, okay, okay, good. <laughs> yeah. Cool, because I want people to enjoy, but it's fun. When you do it, it's fun. Of course. Mm. Did you uh you you did you predict bowling? Like did you know that bowling would be No a idea thing? that oh that just there went. are things like bowl I um I saw the NBA. I saw that coming. Ooh, what did you think about the NBA when you saw it? It's it's fifteen fifty five, you know. I'm assuming that growing let, up in France you probably didn't see a lot of no. uh, you know, black people. Let me guess. The dribbling confused you. <laughs> well it, Tra- the whole traveling rule. I didn't understand um I didn't understand pass, not pass interference, uh, offensive interference. Ah, yes. Uh, goaltending. I didn't understand sure. goal. Like, well, it, goaltending makes sense. You well, can... but when I saw Only it, it's like how this. Only explained to you. Right. But my, my issue with, with the with offense and with the interference, <laughs> goaltending, it's like, okay, it, the rule is uh, when the ball, you can't interfere with the ball's path after it, after it hits the peak of its arc. But is it, I? It, I mean, I'm. I have visions, you know, so I can see like that's the peak of the arc now. But as a human being, how do you know? Like, oh, the ball—that's when the ball's coming down. Like sometimes it's obvious, you know. But it other is times, an imperfect rule. Mm. Yes, that's it's. It's a human. It's, it's difficult human. to discern. Yes. But that's the reason why we have refs on the court. That but can, how like, did they know the human? Yes. The human being. We how just, do they know? We just use our best judgment. Sometimes it's like a lot of times it's obvious, but sometimes like if you could, if you have big ups, then. You you don't know like I don't is it a block or is it goaltend? It's close. It's real. Sometimes it's real close. Yeah, yeah. It can be difficult. Um, going back to uh, to uh, Mr. Wood for just a moment. So uh, you were saying that you didn't think that you were making bad movies. You thought you were making like very specific movies. I thought I was making different movies. Different That's movies. All. I was making low budget movies. Mm-hmm. Um, they look good to me. Well, thank you. <laughs> I was some of the first movies I saw, and I was like, "Really? Whoa!" Wait, so you, when you were, we're talking about 50, 1555 when you were having visions of the future. Of movies, yeah, yeah. I know that there now, was other movies. Now, here's my follow-up question about this: How would you know a vision is a movie? Oh, that's and really not good. just yeah, a, a real vision. Life. Yeah, why aren't you you're just having a vision? Of In my vision, I was eating popcorn, <laughs> and then I would see everything. It wasn't like, but it was like there was um, I was. In a uh, uh, in a theater. a theater, yes, yes, and I was eating popcorn. This is still astounding to me because <laughs> you had no reference for what movies were. Mm-hmm. There was well, that's what I'm. Well, you had the, like this is different. This is something a little different. You had the this theater. Is, Do you right? had the theater, and I could see the beam of light mm. projecting yes. the projection beam. These are things that I came to know later in other visions, but the first one I've seen them is like whoa. There's moving pictures. Like, I knew it was a picture, you know, like like you might see, like, the uh, Mona Lisa or Starry Night. But I knew it was moving, too. So it was like, what is this moving picture? It's a picture that's moving. That's, yes, that's and when you said. What just, is this salty you just stuff described that movies. I keep? I can't stop eating this either. Yes. 
what is what? And so to me, these two things were forever connected it's, in my mind. It's almost like you had a vision of somebody seeing a movie as me, opposed to a vision. Well, in my visions, I'm there. I'm not just like seeing, you know, like an inactive participant. Uh-huh. I'm seeing the movie happen. That's fascinating. You know, that is I'm fascinating. I'm seeing the event. I'm there. You know, the, the, the wars are happening around me and I got to look out, bayonet, you know. I don't know if it's a bayonet, but, you know, I, it's like a gun knife. I don't know what a gun is, but yeah. it's like fire stick. So so gun stick, fire knife. We, I mean, we, we could just use a shorthand. Like, we know that there are certain things that didn't exist in your time that you that you realized but that's, what they were later right, because of other things. when you visions. look at my prophecy, a lot of times I don't explain, like, oh, plane. You know, it's like metal bird. Oh, that makes a lot more sense if you talk about the poetry of it. Like, you wouldn't have the language to describe it. Right. That's Until a later, Until later vision. I don't uh, know why you didn't explain that. <laughs> Admit it one, Mr. <laughs> that was the first question. Yes. Well, I asked Galileo to mention it in the foreword. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he wanted to write about, like, heliocentricity. Well, you're saying that you had you had Galileo writing the foreword. I asked for... him to write the foreword. Oh. But he's kind of, you know... Up his own age. Did he shit shit the bed on that? What's that? Did he shit the bed on that on writing the forward for your shit, for your book? Shit the bed shit is a. I know, I know. It's shit the bed. Oh, yeah, he's not an idiot, Mister. Well, Wood. also I've shit the bed, you know, and I Ooh. know what that means. I want to hear I know more. How it feels. I want to hear more about that in just one second. Uh, if you're just joining us, this is famous dead people on radio for Brooklyn, and my guest today are 16th century French apothecary and prophetic seer Nostradamus. Hello. And low budget American filmmaker Ed Wood. At your service. Uh, so, yeah. So, uh, you were saying that you had your first visions of movies, of any kind of movies, were of Ed Wood's movies. Yes. they were. You know, I skipped right past, the, like, The Birth of a Nation, mm-hmm. which I've come you to did understand. Not, did not, meet, yeah, did not miss the thing. Oh, didn't boy. need to see that one. Oh, boy. <laughs> rough. Rough viewing. <laughs> Technically rough very good, I suppose, for his time. That's what I hear. That's what I understand. I mean, historically but... significant oh, because of the <laughs> But as far as the content, I mean, I had a couple racist visions and I said, nope, I'm not going to touch that. What was one of your racist visions? Did you see somebody being racist? I think it's probably just somebody being racist. That's (laughs) probably it. I saw the rise and fall of Strom Thurmond. Oh, wow. And I said, no, don't. No, not even Mm. a little bit of that. I don't don't know how to, this this guy, I'm not going to give him, like, it's like retweeting the president, you know? Yeah, you just don't. Take a screen cap of, of, of his tweets so that he doesn't get credit for a retweet or for a like. You yeah, know? any attention for those people. Mm. Yeah, they, they so just love uh, that. Just screen cap Strong Thurman vision. Let me uh, let me go back over to Edward for just a moment. So you had an early interest in film as a kid. And uh, when you were young, you got a little movie camera as a present from your mom. Uh, and I find this incredible. I read that on the Wikipedia. Mother. I read that on the Wikipedia. What did you say? Mother. <laughs> I read that on the Wikipedia that... Uh, that you had filmed the Hindenburg passing over the Hudson right before it exploded in New Jersey Ooh, when you were 13 years if old. only I was a few miles over, I, I would have gotten some great footage. How incredible is missed that? Missed opportunity. Oh, the horror. There were people who perished, but... Yeah. I think w- the real w- horror was that you missed that incredible footage on your camera. Well, it was a very big moment in my life Mm -hmm. to even just know that i nearly captured something historical okay and it really solidified in my mind you just have to make stuff just turn that camera on and get it running don't worry about if it's perfect or not just let's get it done because you don't know what you're gonna miss that's right if you turn it off even for a second cut print let's move on to the next scene i mean arguably um you know you, you could say that the issue with the way that you made films later on in your life is the same issue that you had with missing the hindenburg crash that you just cut and you moved on instead of sticking with it and seeing what could happen if things could get better maybe if the actors could say their lines better well or... i'll agree that you can say anything <laughs> if you're gonna if you're gonna start a start a conversation with what you, you know you could say blank about your movies mm-hmm. well you could say a lot of hypothetically things. Sure. Yeah, yeah of course um but i missed but a I lot made... of stuff because i woke up <laughs> oh i'm sorry what was sure. that nostradamus? i missed it i feel like i had like a, like some near visions too like nostradamus your eggs are ready uh, <laughs> oh like you know like i would see something like a like a like a war that would go on to become 
themes, you know, mm-hmm. or like like uh, I started to ha- I had a uh, I had a vision about the Cubs in the World Series, mm. right? And then um, it, the vision stopped in the eighth inning of Ooh. Game Seven oh, because I had to go to the like I I'm I'm in the stadium <laughs> I'm I'm in I'm in the stadium I'm in Cleveland and the Cubs are are, are winning for for seven innings and then. And then the, the 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 Cleveland Indians they come back they come back and then it's it's there's a rain delay and during the rain delay in my vision I had to go to the bathroom and you know when when you go to the bathroom in your dream it means you got to go to the bathroom in real in life real life yeah, yeah so I woke up and then I never went back but after the rain delay then the Cubs they came back and they won in the tenth probably hard to know what a sacrifice fly is just <laughs> I don't understand why how why can the yes. How come the runner can advance? Why why is the play not dead when when the when the ball is caught? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't. These are things I don't understand. Yeah. So I did see. you were you tempted to write a prophecy about that where you were like, you know, I missed the end of the game, but I'm pretty sure that this is gonna happen. It wasn't impressive. Like the the vi- the vision needs a hook. You know, it needs some. It needs like a like a big ending. You know, it needs something oh. big to happen. If the Cubs lose again, it's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. No right. one, no one cares if the Cubs lose again at this point after a hundred plus years. No one it's cares like if they lose again. Big like, deal. No, Thomas. That's like they lost again. It's like predicting the sun going down. Yeah, just, or 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 like uh, or like Britain uh, winning in a naval battle. Big deal. You know, like I had a vision about the Patriots losing. In the Super Bowl this mm-hmm. year. That was a big because mm-hmm. of Pats. That's a big one. Pats yeah. don't lose yeah. in the Super Bowl. Big game Brady. <laughs> you have seen a lot. So much. In, so much. Yes. Very impressive. I have a question. Yeah, please. Ooh. Nostradamus, was, did you ever wrestle with the fact that your visions were more interesting than real life? Hmm. Mm. Well, yeah, I slept a lot. Because I wanted to have more, mm, I become have more visions. addicted to visions. You know, it's like. Um, Did you have them exclusively when you were asleep? These visions? Well, it, it's a sleep or like a sleep-like trance, or uh, I would take some drugs, you know, to induce. So, like, I would I would sleep, and then I would maybe take a uh, I roll a J, and then uh, let let that let that smoke. I believe they called it snuff me. back then, but hmm? go, yes. they called I it a lot was of cocaine. Well, oh, I don't. I would. I could be wrong. Well, yeah. he's he's not far off, but I would sometimes uh, lace the J with a little coat. All right. If little, I want to have a little, little white lady, little, right. if I want my dream to be exciting, you know, sometimes you want to just have like a little like eh, I don't want to dream about water now. Mm-hmm. I don't want to dream about famine now. Yeah, sounds nice like dream. we roll with the same crew, Nostradamus. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Let me ask you a question about your life, Nostradamus, very quickly. So when you were 15, you began studying at the University of Avignon. Yeah, Uh, I was real, real, uh, like a, like a Doogie Howser. Oh, you were, you were like a, like a child prodigy, like a child genius. And most people, I mean, it, oh, it was rough, you know, like I was the first in my family to go to university. So Mm. that was cool. But I wasn't, because I was so young, I wasn't socially equipped. Mm -hmm. To deal with, it. and then I think maybe as a result, you know, everyone teasing me was so traumatic uh, that that's why I started having the visions because I needed to go somewhere else. I needed to go. Oh, you were back bu- to the future. You were bullied. <laughs> hmm? You were bullied. Yeah. When, when you were at uh, Avignon, you were saying. Mm-hmm. Well, I read that um, on the Wikipedia that you left that university after a year because they were shut down due to the plague. Ooh, that yeah. there was this plague outbreak. Ooh. See where I was sleeping all the time? <laughs> you couldn't, and you couldn't keep going to Everyone school. Everyone I knew was dying. People were saved, dying. Saved by the bell, am I right? <laughs> so, uh, so while the school, so while the school, that really tickled you, Nostradamus. So <laughs> it's a good show. While the school was uh, was shut down, you decided to take eight years and just travel the countryside mm-hmm. and study herbal remedies. Yeah, well, it was, a, yeah, it, an eight-year sabbatical. My goodness. <laughs> Well, it Good was for you. You you should have seen you should have seen the this this lady that was selling herbal remedies. You know, she was real. Oh, she was a, she was an attractive lady. Yeah, and you know, I'm French, so it's like I I understand world class beauty. You know, like mm. the France 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 is very beautiful, 
And then uh, uh, Be- beautiful people, and also like really central in Europe, mm. so it's easy to see like, oh, what do the German people look like? What do the what yeah. do the Italian women look good, like? Good, yes. good cuisine. People laugh yes. at me, but I had a plate of mustard noodles in France once, and they were to die for. Mm. But really delicious mustard yes. noodles. Yeah, mustard noodles. I do not doubt I it at all. Believe it. This sounds nice. It does, <laughs> but they were so it's good. Just noodles in in, in, in mustard, mustard sauce. No, oh, yeah, oh. it sounds great. They All were right. great. I can see, but I mean, the French, they do food so well. Yes. You know, you could tell me any two ingredients, and they're like, hey, they, they, they do a, a lobster with chocolate. I'd be like, the French will make it work. The French will make that work. Mm. <laughs> milk or dark chocolate? Maybe, maybe I, I think milk, milk chocolate. I don't think we need to argue the specifics of that. That was just a hypothetical sure. example. No, I yeah. wanna, I'm thinking about it now. Because mm-hmm. the dark chocolate might be too overpowering when you like with the you want something a little smoother to go with the with the lobster, I think. I mean that's possible. That's how I would make it. I'm French. <laughs> that's how I would make it. You know. Uh, so yes, yeah, so you were saying just beautiful woman who was selling yes. herbal remedies. Yeah, and, and and so I would every time she would stop, I would I would buy some. Of, it would they were drugs. She was selling weed uh, through the countryside. So oh. and this induced an. Eight year journey. This beautiful it was woman, good weed, wow. beautiful woman. I mean, what else? What else you need in life? And keep in mind, I'm, I'm, I'm still in my teens, mm. you know. So I'm, I'm real horny, <laughs> and I don't have a chance with this lady. But I don't know that yet, you know, because mm. I'm thinking, you know, she, she's very nice to me. But you have just, not predicted. You have not prophesied. I have because because mm. I never went to a bar before. If you go to a bar and there's like a like a pretty bartender and then she's nice to you, you think, "Oh, maybe the bartender, maybe mm. she likes you, but you don't know. She's just nice cuz she wants a tip." I think we've hit on the curse, the curse of being able to predict the future because if you see your own future and somebody you're interested in is not in it, it would prevent you from making a move. Oh, interesting. Or if yeah. you just never, like, if you never went to high school and didn't know how to talk to girls <laughs> yet, you, know, you just go straight to university. Well, I imagine that, like, if I could see the future and I saw, like, a really cute girl and uh, and I, I looked into my own future and she wasn't there, like, maybe in my cocky brain, I would be like, oh, I probably just hit it and quit it then, you know? And so I wouldn't think that I didn't hit it and, and quit, quit it. it. We have two poets in the studio. <laughs> Um, we have three, my friend. Oh, oh yeah, well, you're a poet, you. Edward. Don't sell yourself short. Well, I don't know if you're a poet. I think there's still two. <laughs> I think you just, I think, you know, it's like Hitler, you know, real close. Mm-hmm. Sure, two poets, sure. but which two? Uh, we're going to have to take a break very shortly, but let's uh, ask Edward just one more question really quickly. So you served in the military during World War II. Yes. Uh, you were very wounded. Scary. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm sure it was. Uh, you were wounded. You were shot in the leg several times by a machine gunner. Yes. And you had your two front teeth knocked I out. I was in shock by when a... I felt the first bullet, and I didn't move out of the way. <laughs> so he just kept Did on... you ever get injured and not realize what's happening? <laughs> I stood there like an idiot. So this guy just kept on shooting your leg. Yes. I'm surprised he didn't move the gun to other more sensitive areas of the body. He may have been surprised that some idiot American was just standing there getting his leg Blown or maybe yes. he was kept on shooting your legs because he assumed that you would fall and that your head and your chest would like get in the range. We'll never know. Instead, you just stood there getting your legs shot. It could also be the angle, like if 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 he falls in the way so that like it, it, his leg is like it's uh it's in the same going in the same direction as the bullet. Mm-hmm. You know, like the foot is the first thing the bullet hits. Then he can't get around the feet. Or mm-hmm. the leg, you know, yes. just keep like, you know, boom, 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 boom. Was that was that what happened, Edward? Instead of boom, 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 it can just hit the bottom <laughs> of the foot. It's a little bit of a blur. It was sort of just, I can't believe this is happening right now, which mm. is what happens to so many people I in mean, traumatic situations. I would be shocked, too, yes. if I was being shot in the leg. Everybody up, thinks though. they know how they'll react, mm-hmm. but you really don't know until You really don't know. Yes. I mean, that's probably how I would have reacted. Unfortunately, we got to take a short break, uh, but we'll ah. be right back. Uh, with Ed Wood and Nostradamus. Well, I hope I answered that question. <laughs> you sure did. Uh, we'll be right back with Ed Wood and Nostradamus on Famous Dead People. Stay with us. 
Hey everybody, just want to take a quick break to remind you to subscribe to Famous Dead People on iTunes or whatever app you are using to listen to podcasts, rate us five stars, leave a comment, tell your friends, all that stuff helps us out a ton. And feel free to hit us up at FamousDeadPeople at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org if you want a specific Famous Dead person on the show or if you have any comments that you want to shoot over to us, whatever we love hearing from fans. Uh, Also check out my book, The Kellyanne Conway Technique. It is out now. It is hilarious. I hope that you will check that out and read that and uh, leave reviews, awesome reviews on Amazon or BarnesandNoble.com or whatever and tell your friends to read it because it's super funny and I want that money. Also, go check out JarrettBaronson.com for all the latest on my show dates and uh, up-to-date project information. And lastly, if you really like Famous Dead People and you want to send us some money to help keep the show on the air, go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash Famous Dead People and click on the Support the Show button. Thanks again for listening, and now back to the podcast. Welcome back to Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn. Famous Dead People, the only show that resurrects famous people from the grave and asks them all the hard questions. I'm your host, Jarrett Berenstein, and we are here every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. My guests in the studio today are 16th century French apothecary and prophetic seer Nostradamus. Hello. And 20th century low-budget American filmmaker, author Ed Wood. Happy to be here. Uh, I'd like to ask you, Mr. Wood, about some of your early films. Yes. Uh, So in 1947, you moved to Hollywood you start writing scripts, start directing a few... I was a veteran uh, at this time. You were a veteran, yeah. You had just, uh, you know... you just left the war. Left the war with the uh, bullets in your leg. And yes. uh, I, I didn't even have time to mention that a Japanese soldier uh, hit you in the face with the butt of his rifle and knocked out your two front teeth. Yes, well, that was antics gone awry. Antics gone awry. Yeah, we were just uh, hanging out. You and this in Japanese soldier? Yes. Okay. We... Uh, we weren't really at war at that point. We were just sort of, you know, we were in the Pacific. It was such a beautiful setting for a war. Why fight? <laughs> Let's just hang. <laughs> and yes, uh, uh, that was just boys will be boys and roughhousing. So, so the war is over and you're hanging well, out the with... Well, the war was over for us. We were just like, Let's chill. <laughs> You two had decided to have like your own little mini my, ceasefire. My buddies, the Japanese, a few of the Japanese boys, we were just hanging out, roasting mm-hmm. hot dogs. Oh, okay. Getting, getting stoned on jet fuel, and uh, and just a a, a, a so rifle happened to drink to back then. Slip out of somebody's hand and and hit you in the face, and you lost your two front teeth. I, I think it was one of those. Stupid games you play where it was just you throw things at each other and then try and to, and try to move out of the move. way. Yeah, that's a great. Yeah. I love that game. Yes, uh, but I wanted to ask you. So you have you know um, some some micro budgets that you're working with. You make a few westerns um, that you know they're they're so low budget that they go under the radar. Yes, um, and uh, there's this one called The Crossroads of Laredo. Mm. Uh, do you remember anything about that movie, The Crossroads of Laredo? Riveting title. That's all I had when I started. Mm-hmm. That riveting title, The Crossroads yeah. of Laredo. Yeah. What could happen? What's going on? Obviously, drama <laughs> is what we come <laughs> is what we came up with, and it's what we shot. You, you shot drama, a dramatic western. Yes. Oh wow! Yeah, an you... intersection of different peoples. Okay. Oh, so the crossroads are sort of like uh, uh, metaphors. Uh, yes. They uh, weren't literal crossroads. Was your question just on the title? I'm no, sorry. No, I wanted to know what the movie was about. If you if oh. you remember. Oh, I believe uh, some sort of stagecoach, maybe a bank robbery. Oh, yes, it was about a bank robbery, yes. Mm -hmm. And people coming to Laredo to hand off the money at the crossroads, but then somebody double-crossed somebody else. Ooh, so there are literal crossroads. Yes, and the money was not handed off. It was a a reverse double-cross. Where somebody was supposed to hand off the money, but when they, the two stagecoaches arrived in Laredo, the one guy said, "I don't want it. You keep it." <laughs> that wasn't the pl- that wasn't the plan. I was supposed to rob the money, then give it to you. I must watch this movie. That sounds great. I must, Riveting. I must see it yes. as soon as possible. Can I ask you, Nostradamus, about your visions? Like, like you're you're hearing about this movie that Ed Wood made, mm. uh, uh, The Crossroads of Laredo. Just want to put the title out there again. Watch uh, it. And you hear that, and you think, man, I really want to watch that movie. Can you? Do you have any direction in your visions? Like, could you go home? 
like, you know, go into a meditative trance and just and have a vision of that like movie a lucid, specifically. Like a lucid vision? Like a, like like visions on demand. Is it that like, sort of thing. Is it like TV? Can no, you it's choose just, to watch Friends? It, I got, because then, no, because there are things that I need to see. Okay. Because the visions, they come from God. Mm, so oh, okay. I need to see these things, you know. But sometimes you don't see the thing you want to see. You see the thing you need to see. Mm. So, like, I need it's to re- see, like, a vision of, like, uh, uh, the American Revolution. I need to see a vision of uh, 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 the, the, the French Revolution. I need to see a vision of Millie Vanilli. I need to see. These are things that I need to see mm-hmm. that God needs. If I just watch what I want, then it's just, like, I just watch people have sex all the time, but that's not what I need to see. If I were you, Nostradamus, I would pray. I would say, Lord, please let me see. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it happens. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes I just like, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing a, a vision of a great event, but uh, like maybe over in this apartment, I hear a woman moaning Ooh. softly. So I, I go follow that, you know, and then I miss the, the big event. Because you wanted oh, to go, no. yeah, I missed the Battle of Normandy. Because you wanted to do a little peeping, Tom. Yeah, and then like I, I if you write it, then that's I saw you write about them. People are like, you're a pervert. It sounds, <laughs> it sounds like possibly people are having sex near ho- historical events at all times. <laughs> you have no idea, <laughs> yes. my friend. If well, you, I know that uh, you know the Battle like, of Normandy. My I, goodness, it, like our brains. Our brains are kind of like designed that way. Like when there is like you know a, a massive storm or or, or or an explosion or anything like that. Like survival like, instinct. Yeah, survival mm. instinct kicks in. Or you're ce- celebrating that you survived. You or, know? Yeah, there's it's a lot of like, Oh man, that bomb missed us. Boom, boom, boom. The juices get yeah. flowing. I don't know if you remember Hurricane Sandy that happened here in New York. Sure. Everybody, everybody's batting down the hatches. They're like this big hurricane's coming. Everybody was like crazy horny during that it's time. It's interesting. It feels like Marvin Gaye could have written a song about this. About? Sort of like, oh, we didn't die in that tornado. Let's get it on. <laughs> you know, it's a, a very I read specific that that was, love song. I read that that was the subtitle of Let's Get It On. Perhaps, but I've never heard that very specific love song. It was know? Let's Get It On, and then in parentheses, sure. we survived a hurricane. Hey, but women women don't want to hear that the only reason why you're having <laughs> sex with them is because you survived no, a catastrophe. No, they want you to think, and not just women, men too. People need to be connected, you know? People want to feel like, like like you're having sex because you want you chose this person you want to have sex with this person. Not because the lights went out during the great blackout. Right, because you had nothing else I, to do. You know, they, yeah, no yeah. one wants to hear that. It they want to hear it was you. Or maybe some people want plausible deniability, like you know, oh, I wasn't gonna hook up with them, but it was the hurricane. So you're kind of like giving them an out. You're gonna be like, I know you don't want to hook up with me, but it's the hurricane. So, yeah, you know, but no, no one wants. Yeah, but people people want to be desired. People want to feel special. Take it from a. <laughs> Frenchman, I still who understands love and romance love and, and sensuality, and food and wine. I still think there's a song in there somewhere. Perhaps Bruno Mars could do it. So a, a better song, right? I like, I like, I like Bruno Mars. It's great, it's yes. wonderful. Uh, let me ask you uh, a little bit about your life, Nostradamus. So, according to Wikipedia, you were a very uh, sought after apothecary mm. uh, because you supposedly created a rose pill. That protected against the plague. Is that right? That's right. So one hundred percent work. No, no, no one who took Nostradamus's rose pills died of the plague. Died of the plague? Wow, none of them died. Just one pill, now, and you're set for life, or is that- well, no, it was a, it was a regimen. <laughs> well, I would start you off with there. There were three stages to the plague remedy. You would start off first. You had to take pills to prepare your immune system because the plague is a very was was very very powerful disease. Mm, yeah, very powerful. Well, we so, called it the plague. Well, you know, eventually, yes. I mean, at the time, it was a plague because you had like yeah, a bunch of little plagues running around, <laughs> and sometimes <laughs> some of the little plagues 
they would infect the same person, make a big plague, and then that would get so it was just like a series of. And I understood. That's this. how we got the mm. plague. I understood this. Yeah. So you had to prepare because you, you now at this point you got a big plague coming your way. You're like the Jonas Salk of yeah. your generation. Okay. <laughs> and then so you had to prepare your immune system because it was a big, yeah. a big, a big shock. You know, if you if I just went if you just went right to level level B of the rose pills then it it would be too much to handle it's mm. like a wolverine's healing system if you get it right away then you lose your mind is it like uh, i just a real quick question is it like echinacea where you can only take it like when you already know you're getting the plague like if you get like a little scratch in your throat and you're like well i mean i think i got the plague and then you start taking the rose pills you just take them sure you just it's, take them anytime at some point you know you don't you don't find the plague the plague finds you. Oh man. So just assume that you're going to get the plague unless you prepare yourself. What? Some people may be immune. You have like a couple people that might have been immune from the plague mm-hmm. didn't need the rose pills, you know, but you need something to prepare yourself. And I'm still I still sell the, the pills still work. <laughs> so if you want and it's a real bad no plague. Real bad well they, they have flus now, oh, which would have sure. wiped out all of Europe if if we had this flu this mm-hmm. season. Oh boy, oh boy, would would have been in big trouble. Well, I, I this is not a gotcha interview. You know, I'm not trying to. Uh, the to... pills work. <laughs> you could say... take the pill if you I listen. I'm not trying to say the go pills... to my house. <laughs> go to my house and take. Take these pills, and you won't. You can only get, get the pills from your place. Well, that's that's where they are. I, oh, okay. I keep them they in the basement. Have, they didn't have WalMarts, in, sure. you well, know, back then. then. No, I will mail them to you, but I gotta go to my okay. place and that get the pills. That already sounds more legit. No, no, Stradamus. So, like I said, it's not a gotcha interview. I'm not trying to say the pills don't oh, work. Well, then I don't know but why I, we're talking about the pill. The pill. You asked me if they work. Yeah, of course they work. If, I was. If, I stand by my product. Here's my question: Is that a few years later? Your wife and your two children die yes. of the plague. Ah. And so <laughs> I can already guess. Was your wife and kids not taking these rose Were pills? Were they not they taking the rose pills? They they well they took they took the level A and they took the level B and then, like I said before, the three levels. Ooh. I forgot to take level C. The well the plague hit them before they could get before they they had the um, immune blast <laughs> that the pills give them. So they weren't. They weren't ready. They they needed. If they had just if they had taken the pills when I told them to start mm. taking them, just just a week before, it's just a week. Listen to they Daddy. They would have been on level C. Yeah, mm. that is a shame. If only they had taken your advice. I mean, you're a seer. You should listen to Nostradamus. But you can't be pushy about it. You, you know, people got to be ready. You know, you can't. Right. You can't just be like, oh, you got to drink more water. They say, like, that's, uh, they say that's, that's what Cassandra's problem was. She was a seer also, but no who? one believed her. Cassandra from, uh, from I think, the Greek plays. You ask like I know who Cassandra <laughs> is. Cassandra. She's from she's from the Greek mythos. She she mm. was cursed to see the future, but nobody would believe her. Oh. Perhaps because she was being too pushy. Mm. Does, is she, does, she, does she take her sounds eyes like, out? Sounds no, like that's, her eyes out. She might have plugged her eyes out later but um it sounds I think it's like a fable it. but all right i don't know if i believe this yeah. going back uh going wait, back wait to... wait what was what was her big thing her big thing was she could see the future but she no, was but i mean what was her big prophecy you know like i got i got the american revolution mm-hmm. yeah got, great fight Hitler, Hitler, chicago fire Hitler, Hitler. Hitler. Yeah. Yeah. Hitler. yeah what was what, what was her big uh, thing millie vanilli uh right. the almost all of the chicago is winning the world series oh uh Close to that. Uh, one of Ed Wood's movies. We still don't know which. Sure. Um, yeah. I think uh, her big one was. Um, uh, uh, what's the what's that complex where you want to have sex with your mom? What's that called? Oedipus. Uh, Oedipus. She predicted Oedipus. She predicted that. She predicted Oedipus. That's she like was saying like, I predicted incest. That's been happening. No, she specifically uh, predicted. Uh, was uh, Oedipus real though? Oedipus. I thought that was just a book. Well, I don't know if Cassandra was real either. Like this is in the mythos, yeah. you know. So we don't like, even know if this late baby. I'm I'm the real deal. <laughs> All right. If if you want if you want to if you want to see if you want someone that's going to yeah. tell the future. Go come, to Nostradamus. Come to Nostradamus, why, baby. I got it. Why talk about Brand X when we've got Coca-Cola right, right here? That's here. Right. I'm not looking for a Sam's Coke. That's right. Sam's Soda, whatever. Yeah, you got Coca-Cola in the studio. Deal. You're talking about petroleum jelly when you got Vaseline right here, baby. <laughs> uh, if you're just joining us, this is Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn. And my guest today uh, are notorious low-budget American filmmaker Ed Wood. 
That's me. And 16th century French apothecary and prophetic seer Nostradamus. Hey. Uh, so going back to you, Mr. Wood, uh, you were able to work with the, uh, the legendary actor Bela Lugosi uh, in your career because your roommate, Alex Gordon, introduced you to. A true, Is that correct? A true gentleman, yes. A true gentleman. Can you tell us about that first meeting? Because I know that you were a big fan of his when you were a kid. Well... I don't mean to talk out of turn and tell tales, but we met at a heroin den. A heroin den? Yes. Well, I read that uh, Mr. Lugosi had some problem with he uh, did. morphine I was addiction. more of a casual user, but mm-hmm. my roommate said, hey, let's go over to Bill's place, wink, wink. Uh, there's someone I want you to meet. And you thought that I he thought meant heroin. He, I thought... He's like, Oh well, I thought oh. he meant heroin. <laughs> I, was, I thought I, I thought Bill. Yeah, I thought <laughs> he just meant some new fun. friend. Yes, okay. but we went there, and Bella Lugosi was wow. Had a needle in his arm, and oh wow, yeah. But uh, a true gentleman. Do you know how him and your roommate Alex Gordon were acquainted? Were they just heroin den buddies? Also, they uh, met each other at a bus stop. They were running after the same bus, and the bus left. Bela Lugosi was taking the bus? He was on hard times. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I did read that he had a little bit of trouble in his later life. Financial trouble, yes. Um, So it was a chance meeting between my roommate and Bela Lugosi because they missed a bus. Oh, wow. And And they found out they had a mutual love of morphine. And yeah. uh, and then that's how I came into the picture. Wonderful. And so, I mean, there are some people that say that you exploited... Uh, Bill Lugosi because he, you know, was having hard times in his life. And... Well, I would say we both mutually benefited from our relationship. Uh, so you got to have this legendary legend, actor yes. in your films. And what was his benefit? He got to do things other than sit around his house and, and just... watching game shows in the <laughs> afternoon. We had a blast working together. We made some films, mm-hmm. some classics. Yeah. Did you, do you? Would you consider yourselves friends, you and Bela Lugosi? Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Collaborators. Oh. He wrote most of the script for Plan 9. Really? Yes. I didn't know that Bela That's Lugosi. That's the name of the movie I That was saw. the one that you saw. Ah, Plan, Plan, Plan 9, 9 from <laughs> Outer Space is coming back to me now. Yes. So, you, so your vision of a person watching a movie was... Uh, was they, they're watching Planet Nine from Outer Space? I I was watching Planet Nine in the vision. What was Are it? You, Planet Nine or Planet Nine? It's Plan Plan Nine. Plan Nine. Plan Are you sure? Nine. Are you sure you saw the original Plan Nine from Outer Space, or were you seeing clips My from vision? the movie Ed Wood, directed by Tim Burton? <laughs> no. Because it's possible to. Confuse the two. It could have also been an episode of Mystery Science Theater 3000 where they were watching. It could have been Plan Nine and making fun of it at the same time. It could have been. Yeah. Wait, in, were there in, robot in silhouettes your... in the vision that you saw? <laughs> in the in the like the the bottom right corner in my in my vision. Yes, there was. Wait, but if I was watching somebody watch a movie. How was I eating popcorn? I mean, you well, can watch, you can eat course. popcorn while you're watching Mystery Science Theater 3000. No, that's not the kind of show where you make <laughs> popcorn for, though. You could. I mean, it's a long show. It's like 90 minutes, well, right? It's a long what's, show, but what's, I'm not... Nostradamus, what is the demarcation between things you would not make popcorn for and the things you would make popcorn that's fascinatingly, for? Fascinatingly, that was my next question for Nostradamus. Well, it's really weird. I feel like it's got to be like an event. Like, you got you to gotta go somewhere. Like, you know, if I'm watching something on TV, I don't, I don't, I don't watch... I don't, I don't. I don't want to eat popcorn for that. Because it's just, I just eat whatever's around. Because you know? for me, like you gotta make popcorn. I'm not gonna make it's whatever's you know. <laughs> if there's if I happen to have popcorn on my coffee table while I'm watching MST3K, then yeah, I have I have a little I have I have some popcorn. But you're not gonna make it special because for right. me, what necessitates eating popcorn isn't what I'm watching is. It's it is if I'm hungry for popcorn and mm. I have some in the house, mm. then I will make it and then I'll eat it <laughs> no matter what I watch. But I never, I never, I, I've never wanted popcorn. 
You don't want popcorn. You don't have a. You don't have a hunger unless, for popcorn. Well, unless it's unless that's what I'm saying. Well, then you is unless I go out to like a special event, like a well, then no like, like the World Series. You've never had an like often- a movie theater. Then then it's like Mr. oh, this popcorn abounds, Mister Nostradamus. This is what I you've want. You've never had an office job then, when Janice runs off and makes microwave popcorn in the break room and then smells up the whole office, mm, and everybody gets hungry for you popcorn. You would want popcorn. Okay, but yeah. then it's but then someone made it, you know, it's there. Like I'm not I'm I'm not gonna be the one that make it. I might have it around. Not and- to uh not, not to not to sidetrack uh this very interesting conversation. Um but I'd like to ask about another uh incident from your life, Nostradamus, if I might. Uh, shoot. Uh so in fifteen sixty seven, mm. uh you marry a rich widow named Does it ring a bell? Uh <laughs> named Anne Ponsard. That's it. And- <laughs> Oh, Anne Ponsard. Just Ponsard. The, the name just rolls off the Anne Ponsard. This is, this, this is a, was she another hottie? Mm-hmm. Oh, another beautiful know, woman? Well, at the time, because everyone knew that I, I could tell the future, like I, I, I made a name for myself. Plus, mm. I was going around with the rose pills. So, like, mm. people people around the neighborhood, they knew me. I, you know, like, I wasn't, like, like, huge, but I'm coming up. You know, well, people... People starting to hear the name Nostradamus. So you're saying that this is the this is the time of your life when uh, when the word is getting out about Nostradamus mm-hmm. uh, because the Wikipedia says that it's only after you marry Anne Ponsard mm-hmm. uh, that you start moving away from uh, medicine and towards the occult. Yes, and well, towards the, the, horoscopes and necromancy and ooh, uh, well, know, good luck charms. I I wasn't moving towards those things. Those things were moving towards me. Like I said, it's like the plague. You Correct know, these that things Wikipedia entry, Jared. <laughs> find you, or just let me let me. I'll fix it. I'll fix. I'll fix my whole entry. Right after this. You can. Yeah, there's nothing stopping all That's of us right. from I'll going just... on our Wikipedias and, 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 and making them more accurate. I'll, f- I'll fix it. Yeah, go fix it. Uh, so, yeah, so so you weren't, you you know, uh, doing more of this after you, you met Anne Ponsard. You're saying that this word was getting out that you were doing this Yeah, for. well, you know, you have to do, uh, you know. Was like... it perhaps her that gave you the gift? Ooh, interesting. Did nah, she this... unlock something inside of you? No, I think we've established came, that it, he was doing it beforehand. It, it came from God. Yes. You know, mm. like she was a lovely lady, but she's not, you know, like giving me visions. <laughs> you know, that's crazy. I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, if you meet a woman that gives you a vision, then, you know, hold on tight. But this wasn't, you know, make sure she takes the rose pills because you don't want to lose that. No, yeah, you lost your up uh, your previous wife and your whole family, your two children. Oh. Nostradamus should write a self-help book because he has a lot of great advice for young people And if you there. do, I would suggest you write it in one language and you don't make it poetic so that it's a little bit more... No, I'm keeping the quatrains. <laughs> that's that's my trademark, quatrains. If someone reads something by Nostradamus and it's not in a quatrain. It's got to rhyme. Like what it, well, it doesn't have to rhyme. It just mm. has to have four sentences. So mm. after after you, uh, you, you, you marry Anne Ponsard... Word starts spreading that you're doing, uh, you know, crystal ball gazing and uh, and necromancy. Drinking out of my skull. You're drinking out of a skull? My skull. Wait, how did you get your skull to drink out of? Magic. (laughs) Necromancy is about death and life, you know? Yes. And then, like, sometimes... Sometimes I would bring things from the future back. Like, if you you looked in my house... Mm -hmm. You know, I had these things that I couldn't describe, you know, but you know, like a like a like a lightsaber. What is what is that? Wait, wow. you had a lightsaber? Well, not a real one, but a like a, a like a special, you know, it was re- it had it was like made out of metal. It wasn't like one of the plastic ones that extends. It was a nice when you flick it. It was a nice fake lightsaber. It would light up. It would make the sounds. Ooh. You know, I had one of those from the future in you've, my house. You've got style, Nostradamus. I need to get <laughs> me a, a my skull to drink out of. Yes. So that was one of the things. Oh, that's one of the things I went to my own grave. And I saw there were there were a lot of people drinking out of my skull because they heard that I would drink out of my skull because they wanted the visions too. So I, I had I said, get off of my skull. It's my skull. And so I took the skull to make sure that nobody else could drink out of my skull and have this very dangerous power. Then I, I took it back to the past 
with me. Wow. I, I love the cyclical. Um, and then I would drink it. I would drink out of it. So it's kind of its own. It was it became like a time paradox. You like, know? A, like a cyclical fatalism, like the movie Looper wow, or, yes. um, or 12 Monkeys. It doesn't sound like a Twilight Zone episode, but it sounds like an episode of Creep Show. Mm. Ooh, yeah, not bad. I never saw it. Was it a show? Was it a TV show or just oh, the movie? Creep Show was a TV or er, Hmm. Tales from the Crypt is what I'm thinking about. Tales from the Crypt oh. was great too. From the Crypt was a they're TV all, show. They're all part of the yes. same brand. Did you ever see you know? Tales from the Dark Side? Uh, the, movie, the movie Tales from the Dark Side, right? Oh, yes. the TV show. Hey, did, I would have visions of just the theme song because it was so creepy. Uh, you're and you're talking about not Tales from the Crypt. You're talking about Tales from the Dark Side. Tales from the Dark Side. Mm-hmm. It, it was real creepy, and there was like a narrator, and he had a real creepy voice, kind of like your voice. Ooh. Thank you. <laughs> yes. I I prefer Tales from the Crypt because the Crypt Geeker had all those it, great It was too death funny. Puns. It was That's too what I funny. About it. Yeah, I wanted I wanted something but like that's with what's a little creepy about it. Well, let me ask you this, this is actually dead. a good uh, a good transition because I was yes. going to ask you Mr. Wood, a lot of your films tended to stay in the fantastical realms, you know, uh, science fiction, horror, uh, sexploitation, the occult. Yes. You know, um did you uh did you ever write anything that was less High concepts? Well, you know, we had to go fantastic because we were using special effects, Mm -hmm. right? Yes. You know... Arguably, you shouldn't have, though. See, here's the thing. Oh, they blew my mind. If there is a, a flying saucer on the screen with a string that you can see, right? Okay, well, that's fine because we know it's fake. But if we have... You know, a dramatic movie about a couple going through marital problems and you see strings everywhere. <laughs> the, the audience are, are going to be like, what are these strings doing here? I'm taking, taking well, it out the, of the story. That's my question. What what would the strings be doing well, there? I, whatever you need strings for. <laughs> you can make up. See, that's, that's, that's part of the, the poem. You make up. The, the reason, set. you know, it's yes, like no one. Set. It's like seeing like the when 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 you have like a, a a CD or like a like a like a cassette tape, and then in the liner notes they have the lyrics, you know, like just make up your own lyrics, you know, like whatever you see when you you can make up a reason for the strings, you know, it's just like whatever the strings mean to you. And then you find out a little bit about yourself. Interesting. Yeah, part of art is is self-reflection. We're watching something outside of ourselves to gain insight into ourselves. Yes, that's right. So but, it doesn't but, even matter who's saying Milli Vanilli. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. That's right. It just, it's just, is it, it how do, what do I think it means? Yeah. But so to, to, to answer your question, Jared, yes. I was fascinated with the occult mm-hmm. and the fantastic. So that is, I didn't, I wanted to provide an escape for the audience. So you, you never can't... wrote anything that was just like, you know, teenagers in high school or, you know, a couple going through divorce or anything like that? Well, one could say that my film Glen or Glenda was sort of a coming-of-age story. Oh, yeah, L- little, uh, little mini-documentary, a little sure. semi-documentary. Yes, yes. Yeah. But uh, that, again, it, it, was, it was delving into the, the, the corners of, of the human experience. Hmm, yeah. You know, it was exploring something that was not seen as natural by the rest of society. You I know, see. I do have a couple a couple prophecies that I didn't make in quatrains. I made into screenplays. If oh. you all take a look at them. Ooh, can we hear some of these? I would love to. Some of, like, what, the, the dialogue some stage? Of the pro- like, some of the prophecies the that you wrote as screenplays. Nostradamus, give us your elevator pitch. Yeah. Okay. Uh, interior. No, you don't start at the beginning of yeah, the movie. White House. What? You don't start at the beginning of the movie. Well, I mean, if you want to hear the... St- oh, I thought you wanted to hear the screen No, tell play. us what I it's mean, about. Oh, it's- Not page one. I want the, 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 okay. the description. There's a powerful man in a big building. Yes. And he's staring out over the the, the new city. Again, That's a great really visual. Sounds like the beginning of the movie. Yeah, and well, and then... Uh, and I then can already he, see a fake-looking well, backdrop made out of cardboard. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, yes. that's good. The thing is, it starts in, at the end, and then and then we flash back, so we come back to the end. We come back to we see this moment twice. Mm. Now I don't want to I don't want to just put this out there because I this is gonna happen. Don't give it away, <laughs> and don't I don't want to scare people. Away. Yes, 
but I think it's something you should like. This thing is going to happen on February third. You should release it February fourth, so it's already in the can. Okay. Oh wow! So, oh, right. so, so you're gonna give Ed Wood a yes. movie about yes. a man to in a make, building, about yes. a million building that's actually gonna happen? It's gonna happen, wow. and people won't even know that this happened yet. They'll start get the they start to get the story on the mm. third, but on the fourth, you give them the rest of the story okay. in dramatic wow. form. Well, that's you'll have to tell me what the thing is in the movie. But yes. Guess, so so far, I don't really have a hook. We have a location and yes. a character, but. Uh, that is, uh, yeah, unbelievable. I think we're all looking forward to the movie. Unfortunately, that's all the time that we have. For we got to make uh... it by next year, though. It's coming up fast. <laughs> Accelerated schedule, just what Ed Wood likes. I'd like to thank my guests uh, for joining me in the studio today, Nostradamus and Ed Wood. Thank you so much for joining me. Thanks um, for having me. This uh, being for your fun. <laughs> don't, uh, I usually ask uh, my guests uh, a final question if you have any uh, comedy shows or a Twitter account that you're that you're a fan of that you want to tell people about. Uh, uh, Mr. Nostradamus, is there anything you want to tell people to go check out? Um, my visions, I give them to uh, at Mr. Underscore Jamriv, J-A-M-R-I-V. And Mr. is M-R, not the whole Mr. Yeah, she, check out that uh, Twitter account. I sent him some tweets. And, uh, and uh, uh, Ed Wood, anything you want to tell people about? I have some things that I do want to tell people about. I want people to vis- to follow Amy Kling's dog's Instagram account on Jean-Claude Van Cleveland. <laughs> Everyone should follow Amy Kling's dog's Instagram. Okay. I've got a friend... Zava Flav, who's coming out with a new podcast where he sees how long he can hold his breath. He might be messing with me there. <laughs> but Zava Flav, that sounds interesting. I have and a, my friend I have a question. Did yeah. you put on Facebook that you will plug what anybody what else what anybody wants yes. on this That's show? the yes. <laughs> Melissa Bird has an extra curling iron if anyone needs one. That May only be useful for people who leave, you know, live in Cleveland, Ohio. We're we're out of time, but I'm going to let this play out. Well, <laughs> so, I wish I was I do on have just, <laughs> I do have just one more. Matt Yagel wants everyone to know that he likes shrimp. <laughs> I believe in all varieties, shrimp and grits, wonderful. Perhaps. Well, go check out all of those things. Um, yes. uh, I would also love it if you went and gone uh, if you went and saw my show, The Fine Thirty Nine, on March 25th at 9 p.m. at the Magnet Theater. Go check out my website, JaredBranson.com. Buy my book, The Kellyanne Conway Technique. It is out now. If you have any questions you'd like to ask your favorite dead person, please email that to us at famousdeadpeople at radiofreebrooklyn.org. We'll try to have them on as soon as we can. We're here every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Bye.